Hey, uh, the, the title of my message today Ooh, is called How to Sound Awesome in Many, many Different Ways. <laughs> like I feel like I'm in a log at the moment. And now we're going to go cue to the global booming voice God sound. My message is called Hit the Reset today. Uh, you know, we're blessed to be blessed. And we're going to hit the reset on these, uh, these issues here this morning too. Uh, but it actually is. It's called um, Hit the Reset. Easter Sunday, um, I believe, is, is a time to remember the empty tomb, isn't it? It's, it's a time to remember the emptiness of the tomb. The stone was rolled away. Woo! Stone was rolled away, and no one was home because Jesus had left the building. He had gone. He had been resurrected. He had died on the cross gone to hell, I don't know, spent three days down there just destroying the devil, and then he came back and he conquered sin and death. And so the tomb was empty. And then, and it says in Ephesians, doesn't the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. So Jesus hit the reset button, and and at that moment, God the Father was able to press the reset button for our planet. Let's take this planet back to its original settings. Let's take it back. Let's take it back. At the moment, he pressed the reset button. Earth was recalibrated, wasn't it, to its original settings. And you know when we usually press reset, when some kind of electronic device has had a meltdown, anyone, anyone, you know, your iPhone goes, and you're like, and, and it's because the operating system can no longer cope with um, what it's being used for. It's just, it's got all messed up. It's just, it's had a breakdown. And, and, the, and the device to function properly in order and work again and not crash, it needs to be reset to the intended original settings. Yeah, and so that's what Jesus did, eh? When he rose from the dead, he, he hit the reset, and the earth has now has the capacity through us to be brought into order huh, with heaven, which I'm going to convince you about this morning. <laughs> You're like, what, really? It's true. So <laughs> Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Let's just give a shout out for Ephesians. Ephesians! <laughs> Man, this is great. Ephesians 1. Let's go straight to that next um, slide. If you can, Ephesians 1, 3. Oh, it's there. Awesome. I shouldn't have to check, but I just like to. So reassuring. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just get comfortable reading this because this is awesome. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Everyone say, lavished. I know. (laughs) I always think of butter on toast. I don't know why. Lavished. Anyway, he did that. With all wisdom and understanding, 
He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. The end. Well done. You sat through that, but that is good reading right there. Christ has released to us access to the original intentions that the Father had for humanity. And he's given us all we need to see that fulfilled. And that's what it says in in, in Ephesians. And we believe in Jesus in the Bible, so we believe that is true. It says here in verse 3 that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That he predestined us for adoption into sonship. And through the riches of grace that he lavished on us. He has made known the mystery of his will to us. And in verse 10, and I really want to bring this out here, is to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. To bring unity. Man, there's something going on with that unity right there. Unity means an agreement. It means a synergy. It means a harmony between heaven and earth. It's not just like the occasional we'll pick up the phone. Hey, how you doing, Earth? Oh, you know, we're all right down here. There's just like some things going on, but we're not the same as you. So, you know, we, we don't quite understand where you're coming from. No, no, we're like on the same side. We've got access. We've got harmony. We've got, we've got a synergy with heaven now because of through Christ Jesus. We've got synergy through Christ Jesus. So Jesus hit the reset button so that we could be on the same terms with heaven, like Eden. You know, like Eden, man, wouldn't it, that, that would be heaven on earth. And it's like, hey, humanity, come back to Eden. Come back to the original intentions. And in a way, heaven on earth, it sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It's like, um, it's, I always imagine my imagination goes, and I imagine like, buildings turning to gold and streets being paved and and like I don't know precious stones and candy growing on trees candy Jared's down with candy on trees and and just something like from the My Little Pony series just like well riding the magic rainbow Aisha would be with me there she's just like yeah superpowers I don't know what you imagine heaven on earth to look like but it's possible it's possible. It may not be Candy Magic Mountain, but <laughs> but what does it look like? What does heaven look like in our families, in our church, in our school? Monday morning when someone pulls out right in front of you when you're driving to work, it's like, ah! What does heaven look like there? A boy asked his mum, why are only the idiots in their cars when daddy's driving? Man, Jesus was like, I'm just so, my he- I'm here to see heaven realized in earth. And we know the disciples' prayer, or some call it the Lord's Prayer, that he said, hey, pray like this. Pray, let your, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. She's like, come on. I'm here to, to see this. I'm not just... I'm not just like giving you a wild, crazy idea and go, yay, this is just a cloud without rain. There's nothing really actually going on. But Jesus is like, no, do we believe this church? That he's actually called us to bring heaven to earth. And, and I think that what is, you know, where, where there's lack, heaven isn't there. Where something's not blessed, heaven's not there. And we see it 
in our lives. I don't know, but you, you, you probably all noticed we've still got weeds growing in the garden. We've still got weeds in our society. And, and we need to catch again, I believe God's saying to, to us at this time, come on, I want you to know the original intentions I have for you. The original intentions I had to you when I adopted you in as a son and as a daughter, I adopted you in to an intention that was just more than like, you know, just being blessed, you know, just, just to have a good life and get your ticket to heaven and all that. It's like, no, I adopted you in for a purpose. I adopted you in because heaven to earth in your life is a very real possibility. So I just want to, let's go back to the start. Let's go back near the start because it's not quite the start of the Bible. And I just, you know, just to catch the heart of the fatherhood, because God said to this to Abram, before he became Abraham, God said this to Abram, he said in Genesis 12 verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, a great nation, and I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, Abraham, Abraham, hey, great, great to see you, did you know that you were going to be great? that you are blessed. I'm going to bless you. And the generations that follow you, they will be blessed because you took a hold of the blessing that I'm going to give to you. And, and Abraham became this amazing gift to the generations because he took a hold of the blessing that God gave him. And, and he embraced that. He saw it. He's like, there's a promise there for my life and I, and I don't want to let that promise go. I want to take a hold of that and I'm going to see the outworking of that promise in my life. Do you know, everyone is a gift to this planet. Every single one of you, your neighbor right now, tell them that you're an amazing gift. You're, you're such an amazing gift. You are. You are <laughs> welcome to the building. Like, welcome. Welcome is a gift. You got, you're an amazing gift. You've got gifts to give. Do you know, God doesn't do average. You're not average. Yeah, he has created greatness within you and a little bit in you too. <laughs> I know. Drove home last night. Jared's out on the road in front of my house, throws cream all over my car just because that's what he does. It's the kind of youth pastor I'm proud of. <laughs> I value your car cleaning skills. <laughs> Do you know, but us, us, we, you, me, being fully you is a total blessing. You're a gift to this world. In, in Christ, you know, in Christ. Let's not leave Christ out of this. You've got to be in Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Let's like, you can't separate like your awesomeness from Christ. You've got to be in Christ. But you've got a unique nature in Christ. You've got an amazing personality. You've got friendship, talents, and a perspective. You're incredible, and you are a very timely gift to this world. You know, you're predestined for this hour in God's heart. This community needs you now. You know, if you were here 100 years ago, it was like, no, nah, too early, 100 years too, too late. No, you are just right. The timer is set on your life, and you're just right. You're just what your family need. You're just what your community need. You are just what your workmates need. You are just right. You are a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. 
He says to Abraham, I will make you into a grace, a great nation. You will be blessed to be a blessing. It's not just about the blessed, although we want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. But he wants, he gives us that so we've got something to give. He gives us a blessing. So we <clears throat> and so he says to Abraham, hey, Abraham, there's a void on this planet. There's stuff missing. There are people missing. My heart is missing. I just, I've got to see something because there's nothing there at the moment. And Abraham, I need to bless you because there's a lack of heaven. There's a lack here, and you've got to take a hold of this blessing because if you don't, there will continue to be a lack of heaven. There will be a lack of my nature on this planet. And so when the father sees lack, he releases blessing. That's his heart. That's what he does. He, he wants to influence humanity through unconditional love. That's how he rolls. That's what he does. He just loves. He just can't help it. It's in his, it's in his nature. He just, he, that's all he's got to give. And, it, and he gives his goodness uh, to us and through us. And, and it's just awesome. It's unconditional. The Father is amazing. Do you know the core of great leadership is just helping people to have a better life? And that's what he does. Someone awesome said that. And, I, and it might have been me just then. But I said it again anyway. The core of great leadership is just helping people to have a better life. You know, you don't, you know, you see leaders, you see people you aspire to be like, but man, just start with what you have. Just help someone to have a better life. You know, God the Father is the most exceptional leader we will ever know, and we have the privilege of following him. He is your most exceptional leader. He is amazing. He releases identity when there's abandonment, gives hope when there's none, brings peace where there's strife, prosperity when there's poverty, creates ideas and efficient solutions. That is the nature of his goodness. He has got an incredible nature. I, I've wanted to find the story and read it to you, and I found it eventually. And um, it's in the Dreaming with God book by Bill Johnson. Amazing book. Got to read it. Um, so listen to this. This is, this is God bringing heaven to earth in someone's life. Barry and Julie Schaefer had a wood finishing company that they opened in 1987. They pre-finished interior woodwork. The materials they used were toxic and reasonably hazardous, and they were concerned about their health. health and so they began the search for a high-quality water-based product. They decided that if they couldn't find a good water-based product, they would quit the industry. Uh, they searched, but nothing had the same quality as the toxic products. So after several years of frustration, they decided to develop one themselves. So in the midst of this frustrating time for them, they came to know Jesus. Woo! And Julie became pregnant with their first chi fourth child. Not long into the pregnancy, she began to have difficulty carrying the baby. So she quit work and went home to pray and rest for as long as it would take. So she didn't leave the couch for about two months. And every day, Barry would come home and make lunch for her, and they would pray together. And one of these days, I know it's the perfect man, it's just what I do. And one of these days, we began to pray, and the Holy Spirit, uh, they began to pray, and the Holy Spirit gave Julie a sequence of letters and numbers with instructions to tell Barry. But she was hesitant. And she felt really awkward because this had never happened to her before. And But she had the courage and she gave Barry these numbers. 
And he said, man, I think I know what this means. He went back to his shop and he used it as the formula for making the top coat that they'd been working on for years and it worked. Come on. The same formula became the foundation for many other water-based products. And after a few years, they agreed to sell their company for more money than they could have made in a lifetime. And they went on to serve God as missionaries. Pretty cool story, eh? You know, Barry didn't have a chemical degree, but they prayed together for the, for the solution and they got it before those people who had chemical degrees did. Isn't that amazing? The Father doesn't hide things from us. He, hide things for, he hides things for us. He, he wants us to discover His goodness in our world you know, in the practical things and in the supernatural things. He's got an adventure for our lives. He, he, he can uncover stuff to us and reveal his goodness through us. I just want to go to another PowerPoint here. Ephesians 1. I pray, uh, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you know, when we see as he sees, we become powerful people. When we see as he sees, it says, I pray the eyes of your heart may see, may be enlightened. And then verse 19, and that we would have the inheritance of his incomparably great power. When we see as he sees, we become powerful people. You know, he's calling us, church, to wake up, to wake up, to awaken our spiritual eyes. There's a new hope. There's a new opportunity for your life. There's something new for us to see. I'm preaching to me. There's a new hope for you, Glenn. Yes! There's something new next week. Come on! He, he, he wants to open our hearts to what he's saying. He he can do that. He can do that to the, to the obstacle you're facing, to the impossibility, to the frustration. He is able and willing to speak to your life. There's this amazing chapter in the Bible. I think Jared read it out a couple of months ago, and it's in the book of Ezekiel. And uh, there's this vision that Ezekiel, the prophet, has. And, and in the vision, he sees this valley littered with dry bones, with death. It's a valley, and it's a valley of hopelessness. It's a void of humanity. It's void of life, and it's just there doing nothing because it is dead. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, speak to the bones. Speak to the bones. And in the vision, he spoke to the bones, and the bones started rattling, and the knee bone got connected to the thigh bone, and the thigh bone connected the other bone, and I don't know any other bones, but they all came together, and they formed a huge army. They came together, and, and the flesh came on them, and the weapons came around them, and they became realized into a mighty army. There was death there, but when the word was spoken, when something was seen, and the word was spoken, great power was released to that army. Do you know, I believe, you know, 
a dry bone is just something that is waiting to be blessed. You know, we've just got stuff in our lives that just needs God's blessing so bad, don't we? Like, there's just things. It's con- like we're doing life in a world that has got, you know, challenges. We've got sickness that we're contending for. We've got like, you know, in, in school, man, there's just like bad mouthing going on. Like we, we live in a society that has got corruption in it, like moral ugliness, you know, dry bones. There's dry bones there, and they're waiting to be blessed. You know, the bone is crying out, give me some flesh. I want to flex. You know, I want to be strong, but it's dry and it's dead. Do you know, when we're not seeing heaven on earth, we're seeing dry bones. It's the Bible says that all creation is groaning, waiting for the sons of man to be revealed, waiting for us to see something with the eyes of our heart and speak something out and respond with the heart of God to it. Chris Valentin says this. He says, when you see dry bones, just don't, don't just talk about them. Speak to them. Speak to them. He also said this. He said, the prophetic doesn't see into the future to predict the future, you know, oh, what will be, what will be, you know, sarah, sarah. The prophetic gives cause to the future. The prophetic opens up heaven's possibilities. It gives reason to the future. That's why God wants to open the eyes of our heart and give us a picture of what's ahead for us so that we've got something to aim for, so we've got something to shoot for. Because if we just go through life seeing with these eyes that are like stuck on our head, we're just going to see the issues. We're going to see the problems. We're going to see the dead bones. But God's calling us to respond out of our spiritual eyes. He's calling us to respond out of the the eyes of our heart. I remember when I was 18 years old, and I had my Ford Capri. It was green and awesome. It was born the same year as me, 1974. I know, it's old. So young, so awesome. Hey, I have encouragement, thank you. <laughs> um, Ford Capri story. Okay, driving home from work. This is before it caught fire and burnt up. <laughs> this is another story. I was driving home from work and I just got onto the motorway, 100k, up to 100. And uh, I see this figure on the side of the road and this guy's just like, moving along really awkwardly, just kind of stumbling along. And I'd like go past him. I was like, whoa. And then the Holy Spirit said, go and pick him up. And I was like, oh, inconvenient. Um, so I did. I wanted it. I drove up over the bridge, motor ramp, motorway ramp, back down the other side. Anyone knows motorway? Back towards Christchurch, looped around, picked him up. And um, he was on his way to Kaipoi. He was mentally challenged. Um, he had been, he'd walked from Kashmir all day and he was going to see his auntie and no one knew about it. And um, I ended up just taking him, you know, we had a bit of a chat and um, he was able to tell me where he needed to go in Kaipoi. I don't, he was going to cross the Waimak Bridge walk over it, <laughs> so it was quite timely, and so I picked him up, dropped him off, had a quick chat with the auntie, and that was the end of the story, you know, 
that was the end of the story. But I, I don't, he didn't, you know, fall down on his knees and say, you know, Jesus is awesome or anything like that. It wasn't, I didn't intend to like try and preach the gospel to him or anything random like that. I just felt like I needed to help this guy. As that was it. Like God said, pick him up. Okay, I'll pick him up. I'll take him somewhere. Why am I telling you that story? Because that is what, you know, that's what being a blessing can look like. It's not the entirety of it, but that's that's what it can look like. Just taking a moment, being being a blessing, filling filling a void where you know, bringing hope, taking an opportunity and actually realizing it with someone else. That's what being a blessing does. You know, I, I was thinking of a few. Of a few Bible um, references uh, about about the grace of God, you know, us in the hands of 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 grace, our lives, the gift that we have. You know, my car was in the hands of grace. My will was in the hands of grace. I was like, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let you in, Jesus. I'm going to let you into my into my world. And there's this um, awesome Bible story with David and Goliath, and and David is is an incredible shepherd. He's an incredible protector, but he's got a grace of of greatness on his life and a grace to shepherd, but he's also got the grace of war on his life. He became a mighty warrior. And what did he do when he rocked up with Goliath? He didn't, Goliath came with a spear and, you know, and he said, no, you don't come with me with stones. And he just got got his stone out, chucked it in a slingshot and just spun it and hit him in the head and the Goliath fell down, you know was just one small stone in the hand of grace. You know, he was, David was a gift, and what he had in his hands were gifts, and God used them to set a nation, to liberate a nation. I, th- I think of um, the four friends who, who carried the paralytic guy, you know, and they love that story, and I do that story with my kids uh, before bedtime. They get really excited because they have turns acting it, and they want to be the cripple, and I want to be Jesus, and it, gets really crazy and hyped up, so I don't do that story anymore, because that's not what you do at bedtime, but these four friends, they just, four guys, they were, um, they responded, they ha- they had strength in their arms, they had legs that worked, they saw a need, and they responded, and they took him to the feet of Jesus, and that man's sins were forgiven, and he was told to pick up his mat and walk out of there, and Jesus said, man, it's because of your faith, because of their faith, he said, didn't he? Their, the four, their faith, their, what they did, how they acted, what they did with what was in their hands. It was, that's what Jesus commended at that moment. The, the boy who gave his lunch to Jesus, that, that little amount was given into the hands of grace. And Jesus did something incredible with it, multiplied it, 5,000 were fed. It came from his hands. It came from his possession. He was given that lunch by his mum that morning and took it along, and he was going to eat that lunch, and that was going to be his, but he had an opportunity to give it, and Jesus multiplied it. You know what? When we give what we have in our hands to Jesus, something great is going to happen. Something is going to change. Something is going to shift, you know. I'm excited to be alive. I get to live with Jesus to bring great grace, great grace into this world. You know, I believe at our church, our motivation, I was thinking about this, is, is to bless, to be a blessing to this community. 
We want to be a blessing. Deb and I lead because we want to be a blessing to you. And we want to be a blessing to this community. We want to help those people just to have a better moment or to have a better life. That's what we're about. We want to help people because that's what great leadership is about. And that's because and it's because that's what love does. It helps. It it just it's it's what it does. We're not called to impose our beliefs on our community, but to bless those around us with whatever is in our means and strength to do so. I have um I have this print and design business in Rangira, if you didn't know. And it's it's a cool business, eh Mel? Yeah. <laughs> and I feel privileged to be to work there. Uh, and to to lead that business, why do I have that business? Uh, I'll tell you why I don't have that business. I don't have that business because, and you're going to go what? Because I don't have this because I want to make sure that there's food on the table for my family. It's good though, but that's not why I have this business. It's not because I want to have the best print business in North Canterbury. Be awesome too. It's not because I have creative design experience. It's um, it's not because I can create a space for others to be employed. It's not because we can add value and strengthen other businesses in this community with our products and services. That's awesome. And it's not because I'm paid just part-time for the church and I need to top up my income. These are good reasons, aren't they? Like, yeah, these are good reasons. Do you know, I have a business because the Holy Spirit and His loving kindness showed me and guided me towards that business. The Holy Spirit placed something in my heart as a, I don't know, like a 21-year-old. You're going to be a youth and business is kind of all He said. Youth and business, go and find out what that means. And then and then I had, was walking one day and I saw a vision of a printing press. And I was like, what does that mean? And then... Amazing circumstances, but God has led me there. And all those things that I said I don't do it for, they're great. Re- they're, they're the fruit. That's the fruit of why I do what I do. I do what I do because I'm called to do what I do. I don't want to do, I don't want to waste my time doing something that I'm not called to do. And I, I believe that that is everyone's heart here. Like We don't want to just muck around with life and just have a job just to get bread on the table. That's a good thing. Money is a good thing and all that. These are good, that, that's good fruit, but that's not why we do what we do. We do what we do because we're called by the Father. We're called by the Holy Spirit. We have a partnership to see this world redeemed through His love and His purposes. And, and it's so cool because He takes a hold of the things, our strengths, our weaknesses, you know, our strengths at least, and, and, and gets others around us to, to, to cover our weaknesses. And, and that's why we do team, you know, when we're doing church. He wants us to, to, to be a blessing, to go and bless some dry bones. Let me just say this. God has given each of us a desire for progress in our lives, especially for those who have achiever in their top five strengths. And it's real easy to catch a, a vision 
of what success looks like in our community. I mean, we can see it. We can see the big house, the flash car, the you know, the ads on TV, the holidays. Oh, success. Awesome. That is cool. And 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 God wants to bless us. Increase in promotion is given by the Father when our motivations are safe with those he entrusts to us to influence. When he believes he can trust us with a greater level of influence, he releases a greater level of influence to us. That's what I believe. Having the best starts with being the best with who and what we have. That's, maybe that's your next step today, just to realize that who's in your world, God has given you those. This is your privilege. It is your privilege to steward those relationships, to steward that property, to steward that job, to steward those friendships, to, 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 to just do what you can with the grace of God with those around you and let him bring the promotion around your life. You know, I believe that, you know, we've got a bigger church building, you know, we've got, we've got a destination as a church and this is exciting. This is, I'm excited about that. Um, but it's my conviction as well that we need to steward what we have now with excellence. We need to steward the environment and the people now with the lo- all the love and the grace that God has for us at this time. Uh, we, we're a family. We, we all do this together. We're all in. <laughs> we're all in. You know, it's not it's not just the leadership team and the pastors and all that who are who are going who are going. You know, we've got to leverage this building and make you know community growth, and, and we've got to come up with strategies on how you can love people. No, we don't. We don't have to do that. Actually, we just have to tell you. We're just going to help you be great, so you can do that. This morning, we're going to uh, take communion together, and. Um, this morning, I want to—I uh, want us to remember a few things. You know that 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 God has has hit the restart button. That you are blessed, and you are able to be blessed. You could sit here today and go, "Man, I don't—I'm not blessed." I bet you can find something <laughs> in your life that is good. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. We're blessed. We're a blessed people. As we take communion as well, let's let's remember that Jesus died on the cross. He he stretched out his hands and his hands were pierced so that our hands could be blessed. So that our hands could give what he couldn't do, but he's given us the grace to give it through his hands. I want you to remember as well as you take communion that you have permission to be courageous and extravagant in the way that you love others. Because that's the nature of the Father. And anything that we see in His nature is available for us to nurture in our nature. He is a good God.